one of the first words maybe you have been confronted with that as well is like Grüß Gott. Yeah. Uh, and when you learn German, uh, of course, you have to translate the words and yeah. you translate this word and you know, holy God, what? Well, uh, and I thought I'll never use that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just hello. Uh, and at some point you start just using it as hello. It's not a, nothing more than hello. Welcome to One Day in Vienna. Our guest today, Mita Pitzek. Name Mita Pitzek. Geburtsland Jugoslawien. Ankunft in Wien 1999. Familienstand, verheiratet ein Kind. Beruf Gründer von Innes Institut. Hello, I'm your host, Lauren Love, and welcome to this podcast where we're going to be uncovering those memorable anecdotes about this magical city that, let's face it, we all love and hate in moments. The expats featured on this show will be enlightening us as to how they navigated becoming a local in Vienna, often with a splattering of hilarious culture clashes to boot. And to set it all in motion, we have with us today the Innes Institute founder, Mita Pitzek. Hi, Lauren. Hello. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Wonderful. So now we're going to be talking about different experiences in Vienna. So how, why are you in Vienna? Why am I in, in Vienna? Uh, yeah, uh, what brought you here? Well, I, you will probably need two bottles of red wine uh, <laughs> to tell the whole story. I'm game. <laughs> uh, but finally, I can say it was never a plan to come to Vienna. And uh, I was uh, rather one of those who was somehow forced at that time many years ago uh, by a war at that time and I just decided to uh, it was just intuition on that day to leave the country where I lived and on the evening I was just in Vienna that was somehow the first place on my way so what year was that that was uh, 1999 I was uh, working at the university in Belgrade, teaching German linguistics there after I had been six years in Berlin, where where I studied. And I went back uh, searching for my home country who disappeared in the 90s. And I thought, well, the home country cannot just disappear like this. And uh, but, you know, the the house I grew up was there, the the coordinates, but the home country was not there. And then I realized uh, the people have been missing. So uh, somehow I realized that I have to leave again, but it was not that easy until the war started and uh, my daughter was six months at uh, that day. And it was just the intuition. Uh, two hours after I crossed the border, the border was closed for three months. And <gasps> in the evening I was in Vienna, you know, and, and that is, of course, the day I will never forget. <laughs> okay, so that's what this podcast's all about, you know, very special days in Vienna. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a bit about this particular day in Vienna? Sounds like it's a really big one. Well, it was uh, the day to Vienna, you know, in sitting in the, in the small car and wondering why the highway is empty and why is uh, nobody else <laughs> leaving the country. But I think I was really one of the first who has this intuition that uh, something is going to happen on that day. And on the way, I thought, well, maybe we should go back and uh, nothing is going to happen and so on. And in these thoughts, we reached the Austrian border, and that was the first small, well, welcome, uh, the Austrian 
board uh, security started asking me questions, you know, why am I coming and who am I and the uh, child and the whole family and what do I want? And in that moment, uh, the radio was very loud behind him. There was the news that uh, the, the first bomb are falling on Belgrade and he just uh, looked at me and said, uh, well, just you're welcome. And and that was like, okay. Uh, and that was, you know, my first uh, experience here. And then... Um, and how did that day go? So you've arrived in the car, you've got your wife and your daughter, who's a tiny baby, you've just left your home country, which is in a war zone, basically. <laughs> what, where did you go? What did you do? Uh, uh, well, uh, first, I was lucky that I uh, had uh, a part of the family here. Okay. So I could stay here for a few days. And, uh, you know, also having my PhD already and everything and experience from the university, very soon it was clear I need to look for a job. And it was uh, very clear soon the only job I was able to find at that moment was uh, McDonald's. So I started working at McDonald's for almost... Um, two years. And which one was it? Well, I was manager of few restaurants and I learned a lot. I'm a big fan of McDonald's. Yeah. You know, you can love the concept or not. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to promote them, but uh, they are one of our, our clients today as well. And, and we Full teach their, uh, yes, we teach their <laughs> stuff German as well. But I learned there uh, a lot about business uh, and it took two years until next important day and that was the day when I got the Austrian citizenship. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, that was uh, a few years later, uh, about two or three days later, it, it was possible at that moment and I will explain it what happened. First you you get, you know, you apply for it uh, and at uh, that moment I knew when you get the approval for it, you will need, uh, you will have some time, I think uh, about six months to prove that you could leave your citizenship that you had. That was just a document mm -hmm. uh, that you had before. Die österreichische Staatsbürgerschaft verleiht Personen die volle Mitgliedschaft in der Republik Österreich, inklusive Wahlrecht und Zugang zu öffentlichen Diensten. Sie kann durch Abstammung, Heirat oder Einbürgerung erworben werden. In Wien ist die MA 35, also das Magistrat für Einwanderung und Staatsbürgerschaft, zuständig für Fragen zur Verleihung der österreichischen Staatsbürgerschaft oder zur Erteilung von Aufenthaltstiteln. So uh, I got the invitation uh, to the authorities, from the authorities to the office where it happens. And I thought they will just give me the confirmation that I can get the Austrian citizenship <laughs> as soon as I uh, prove that I gave up the old one. But very soon I realized they're, they're going to give me the passport now. <gasps> I'm, I'm, I'm free. Does uh, it normally happen so quickly in Austria? Or? No, no, no. <laughs> Nothing but it happens was that quickly. <laughs> no. Uh, well, good that you're asking that because uh, something I learned in Austria, it's really very special. You mostly don't get the answer, no. They don't say it's not possible. Everything is possible. But it could take a few years or some time <laughs> yeah, or some so additional true. documents. And as soon as you have that, then we will consider it. But <laughs> they rather don't, uh, don't send you away. Uh, so I got my citizenship and I asked, but don't you want to prove uh, that I left the old one? And they said, well, no, Dr. Pizek, uh, we don't care about your old citizenship. And later I realized uh, or I heard that for a few months, Austria had a really bad average of educated 
academics okay. uh, in the European Union. And there was a reaction for the European Union to improve that. And the Austrians have sometimes very, very good ideas. And they thought, well, let's just give the citizenship to academics. And I was just lucky that it was possible to get it that fast. So and you literally went to the office and they were like, you're an Austrian more, citizen? More, yes. Didn't have yeah, to answer any ex- questions? No, nothing. no, no <gasps> any questions, yes. And how long had you been living there in Vienna? Well, for a few, few, few years okay, at that time. Okay, so you weren't yes, really, yes. you didn't know Vienna very, very well. I mean, when I moved to Vienna, two years wasn't so long to be mm. considered a citizen. Mm, no, no, city. but uh, the, maybe the benefit was that uh, I was speaking perfect German okay. at that time, uh, probably better than Austrians do, as, <laughs> as I just studied uh, yeah. German linguistics and maybe that impressed them, I don't know. But no, it was just this moment for a few weeks that was possible and, and I was just lucky. So yeah. actually the German language, so your speciality mm. actually saved you in many ways or guided your journey here. Definitely, actually. definitely. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason why I never considered myself as immigrant who escaped from a war because I was confident somehow with the culture, with the language. and uh, But I definitely escaped from the country where I was, you know, but it was much easier for me to integrate and to understand everything here. So your journey with German when did that begin, actually? Because if you were already an academic mm. within the German language, like when did you start speaking German? Mm. It's not like me, you know, when mm. I first moved here, you spoke the mm. language well before moving. <laughs> well, one day I, I, I woke up and I was speaking German suddenly. Well, can I get a ticket to your language school? <laughs> Sounds uh, like a pill. <laughs> I cannot not remember what did I uh, eat the day before. Uh, no, it was, you know, where I grew up with my grandparents, my surrounding didn't expect that much from me. Uh, so it was somehow clear I'm going to uh, become airplane mechanic. And I did this education. Uh, and at this uh, time, I have been learning English and Russian in the school, but not a single word of German. And uh, at that time, I was like 16 and one of the first Belgrade break dancers and graffiti sprayers. <laughs> And in this small gang, we called it Tough Stuff Crew, uh, there was a, a friend of mine uh, who was surrounded by books and he forced me to read one book and it was uh, Siddhartha by okay. Hermann Hesse in Serbian, of course, great translation. And he saw, uh, oh, it's working. And then he forced me to read the next one. It was Raina Maria Rilke, the German uh, poet. And I was just like impressed. Uh, and, and, and did you and just love the, like, did you love the... I, I love the, the content. I yeah, love the literature. Right. I love what they are saying. And my friend said, look, why don't you study German linguistics? And, you know, at that moment, he said that to an airplane mechanic. <laughs> and next, very next day, I had in my hands a book, um, German in 100 Lessons. <laughs> lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, and everything else is, you know, just happened. And, oh. and many people who study German, they start with literature, they fell in love with literature, but then they find the love for the language yeah. because it's really nice language. So you have a real love for the German language? Uh, yes, definitely. I love it. And there is a saying in German like, Deutsche Sprache is, is a schwere Sprache. And somehow I always try to explain to people that, um, you know, everything is difficult if you have to learn it. And uh, German is a wonderful language to learn it. Uh, you have a nice system. Um, you have a nice vocabulary. There are a few exceptions, but until you come there, uh, you already learn it almost. So it's a really nice, nice language to be learned. And speaking of that, what are your favorite German words? 
Like, give me a few that you just uh, love or you enjoyed words, explaining. Uh, it, Yes, it has to do something with the, with the time when I arrived as well. One of the first words, maybe you have been comfortable with that as well, is like Grüß Gott. Yeah. Uh, and when you learn German, you you of course you have to translate the words, and yeah. you translate this word, and you know, holy God, what? I thought it uh, meant Chris Gott at the beginning, not <laughs> Grüß Gott. I was like Chris Gott. Chris Baum. Uh, well, uh, and I thought, I'll never use that, you know, uh, mm. just hello. Uh, and at some point you start just using it as hello. It's not a, nothing more than hello. Uh, and uh, and the second word at that time, today it's maybe not that relevant because there are so many Germans living in Vienna. But if you use the word Tüte instead yeah. of uh, Sackel, yeah. and Sackel is really not easy to pronounce. Yeah. Tüte versus Sackerl. Der Unterschied zwischen Tüte und Sackerl liegt hauptsächlich im regionalen Sprachgebrauch. Das Wort Tüte wird vorwiegend im deutschsprachigen Raum verwendet, während der Ausdruck Sackerl im österreichischen Dialekt üblich ist. Beide Begriffe beschreiben eine Tragetasche. Tüte is somehow easier a little bit and they have been irritated and uh, you're right there's lots of Austrianisms you... that like Servus they never taught that yes, in the German yes, books did they yes. instead of Hallo no and that are the small words that, uh, words that you need uh, need in everyday life yeah. and, and, uh, but that's nice that, yeah. that uh, they are there and maybe that's the moment when you know uh, now I am the real Viennese when you start using those words yeah that's true <laughs> the nuances actually make a lot and it also I have the feeling that it also connects you much more to the people who are there because a language isn't just a language it's all the little nuances that come in between so I can understand that that Definitely, they are very Viennese yes. and what about your favorite place so you've lived here a long time that's clear you've probably got lots mm. and lots of favorite places within the city But what's somewhere that really is striking for you and you have a lot of very mm. strong memories mm. attached to? Well, as uh, as my daughter finally grew up here, and I'm really, really happy about uh, that in the first days when we arrived here, I thought uh, I need to move forward to Australia, but finally didn't happen. There are no kangaroos <laughs> in Austria. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, and, and when I realized that, I decided to stay here. It was really a good decision. And when you have a child growing up here, very soon you get connected to all those places, you know, to yeah. kindergarten, to the park where you go and so on so that's the easiest way to get connected to the spots and places in Vienna but a part of that it's definitely the first district the whole yeah. first district it's wonderful I, I love it I love it in the summer I love just walking uh, around and what, what I'm always impressed in Vienna about is that when you look through the streets uh, uh, you, you somehow see the hills yes. you, you see the border of the city and I love that yes. I, I love to feel where is the end and the beginning of the city you know it's very rare that you get to go above the city I've noticed that recently going to like the house des Meeres and stuff yes. it's so odd to look above the city because you always feel like it's so small but it's not it's really big actually in it, the end yes, you know and then you see these compact, hills beyond yes. it's true mm -hmm. I just want to say, Mita, thank you so much for sharing some of your really intimate moments in Vienna and your lovely stories. Um, and we look forward to a podcast series with many, many more to come. Thank you. It was wonderful sharing that with you. You love Vienna too and want to learn German? Inis Vienna will get you there. Vienna's best language school offers a variety of courses and trainings at different levels at different times and at different intensities. 
All information about Innes Vienna and today's guests can be found in the show notes. And there we also explain all other German words, terms and Viennese areas from this episode. Thanks for listening. Auf Wiederhören.